It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio. As we actually attempt to slow things down, help you divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense today. And as we go around the horn, obviously a lot of the focus uh, over the last 24 hours has been the launch of the Republican National Convention. And we'll cover it just like we covered the Democrats last week. And mostly I want to break it down in terms of messaging, speeches, uh, and what it actually means for the heart and soul of the country. Because that seems to be the words we keep getting back to And so we want to break that down in a really specific way today. We'll look at some of the highlights from yesterday. We'll project forward a little bit, look at uh, what we expect to hear throughout the day today and this evening from the Republicans as uh, President Trump continues to make uh, little cameo appearances uh, throughout the week. So we'll see what he does today, which will also be interesting. Uh, We're going to be joined at 1120 by uh, Doug Wilkes, editor of the Deseret News. Uh, Great piece uh, over the weekend on the fires in California and this issue of empathy, and is our cancel culture preventing us uh, from actually having empathy for anyone anymore? Uh, Not just in the past, not just this whole cancel culture thing, but but right here and now, how is it impacting us? So you don't want to miss that conversation. Then also coming up at 11.35 today, uh, yesterday, uh, Elder Quentin L. Cook of the uh, Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, gave a speech down at BYU to BYU professors and faculty uh, and it ties into this whole idea of the cancel culture. It ties in in terms of uh, when we respond to criticism and how. And then those founding principles, what is it that actually brings us together and enables us to move forward? So you don't want to miss any of that today. And uh, we're going to round out the day with some really interesting takes uh, from Senator Tim Scott that will uh, we'll dip in a little bit to his speech from last night. I, think, I thought it was the speech of the night. Uh, but I'm going to give you a little backstory. So you want to stick with us through the whole hour. We're going to round out the show, 1150, uh, talking about what I think is the vital virtue of the nation. And it's actually humility. And uh, I had an experience with Senator Scott when I was uh, chief of staff back in Washington uh, that helped me understand his uh, soul just a little bit in terms of uh, his humility and how he approaches people. Uh, that is a really interesting thing. So let's get to the breakdown of the Republican National Convention. Again, it's their their shot. Uh, Democrats took their turn last week, uh, did a good job maneuvering through a virtual convention, all the obstacles and challenges that go with that. Uh, but let's jump into a few of the highlights. I thought there were some great moments for the Republicans last night. I think there were times when they got really off message, went really dark and dreary and uh, angst, fear and frustration, which I think is always a losing combination when you're speaking to the American people. Uh, but let's look at some of the, the more positive segments of the program. I think one of the great speeches uh, 
was uh, Nikki Haley's, and it was sort of a split speech. Uh, I was talking with Debbie Dejanovic before uh, we uh, got on air today, and and she was talking about how you know she was she was clearly the person who was to uh, take the shots at uh, Joe Biden last night. She and she took plenty, but I thought it was interesting how she did it. She did it not just in the context of the usual stuff. Uh, she actually went international, and obviously that's her space as the former ambassador to the United Nations. And so let's dip in a little bit here. Uh, this was, uh, again, former U.N. ambassador uh, from the U.S., uh, Nikki Haley, last night at the Republican National Convention. Joe Biden and the Democrats are still blaming America first. Donald Trump has always put America first, and he has earned four more years as president. It was an honor of a lifetime to serve as the United States ambassador to the United Nations. Now, the U.N. is not for the faint of heart. It's a place where dictators, murderers, and thieves denounce America and then put their hands out and demand that we pay their bills. Well, President Trump put an end to all of that. With his leadership, we did what Barack Obama and Joe Biden refused to do. We stood up for America and we stood against our enemies. This president has a record of strength and success. The former vice president has a record of weakness and failure. Donald Trump takes a different approach. He's tough on China, and he took on ISIS and won. And he tells the world what it needs to hear. All right, so that's a a really interesting message coming from Nikki Haley. Uh, Again, I think her uh, 2024 prospects uh, just went up. Uh, I think she had a good night last night in terms of laying out the case there. Again, doing it from an international perspective and President Trump's policies as they positioned America in a position of strength around the world. Now, I'm not asking you to buy in or believe any any of what we discussed, just as we did this with the Democrats last week. Uh, you don't have to believe it, but look at it in the context of communication strategy. Uh, what are they trying to tell? What are they trying to sell? And what are they inviting people to become part of? What is the story? What is the story that that is the narrative they're trying to move forward? Because that's going to be the real indication as to what we hear going into the fall. Uh, next up was Charlie Kirk, uh, founder of Turning Point USA. A lot of young people uh, in his group. And he had an interesting message as it relates to uh, President Trump as a defender of those young people who are now moving into adulthood. By reelecting Trump, we will ensure that our kids are raised to love our country and respect its founding fathers, not taught to hate or be ashamed of them. We will build monuments to heroes, not burn down our cities. We will be a country that rises to higher heights, that dreams big, thinks big, and achieves the impossible. A country that values our remarkable journey, the complexities of our past, but clearly communicates to the next generation that we have to be grateful, not angry, that we live in the United States. We will be a country that makes it easier to have many children, live quiet and peaceable lives, and worship your God without a tyrant getting in the way. We will be a country that has its best 100 years ahead. We will build a future where America remains the greatest country ever to exist in the history of the world. Again, that's uh, Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA last night at the Republican National Convention. And again, it was a very interesting speech from a younger American talking about President Trump creating space for those who want to have families, who want to live peaceable lives, to worship their God uh, the way they want to. 
uh, and create a, a better future. Again, very interesting. Some of the video vignettes in between were very dark and uh, very much the anger, fear, frustration videos of, you know, what would happen if uh, if Joe Biden were elected president or if uh, Kamala Harris becomes the vice president or president down the road. Uh, so there were a lot of dark dips there throughout the night. Uh, I thought Charlie Kirk did a pretty good job of staying a little bit above the fray and, again, focused more on the younger voters and the, the future of the country. Uh, finally, I want to give you just a little sneak peek here uh, from Senator Tim Scott, uh, just one of the great souls in Washington, D.C. Uh, you'd never know that he was the senator. He was uh, often uh, just helping out wherever he could. He would help staff. He would uh, I mean, he'd, we'd have meetings in the office and he'd be the one cleaning up, <laughs> cleaning up everybody's garbage and soda cans. And uh, he's just that kind of guy. And uh, we're going to share a little bit about that uh, coming up, but just a, a little taste from his speech last night, which uh, I thought he did a uh, tremendous job. Uh, and again, talking about that future, a little bit of his story uh, and a little bit about the future. Tim Scott. My grandfather's 99th birthday would have been tomorrow. Growing up, he had to cross the street if a white person was coming. He suffered the indignity of being forced out of school as a third grader to pick cotton, and he never learned to read or write. Yet, he lived long enough to see his grandson become the first African-American to be elected to both the United States House and the United States Senate in the history of this country. Our family went from cotton to Congress in one lifetime, and that's why I believe the next American century can be better than the last. Again, Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina. A great personal story from uh, cotton fields to Congress uh, is quite a journey indeed in a in a single lifetime, in his grandfather's lifetime. For him to be able to see that is uh, pretty special. Uh, he's, he's amazing. I'm going to tell you a story, an experience I had uh, with Senator Scott in, uh, in choosing a Senate office uh, that will give you some insight into, into his soul and to what he's really all about. And we're going to do that coming up at 1150 in our final segment today. Uh, Senator Scott is one of those examples of humility and empathy. Up next, we're going to emphasize that empathy part of the program. Doug Wilkes, editor of the Deseret News, will join us to give us a peek inside the newsroom and our cancel culture world, some of the hidden impacts and things we should be worrying about next on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. <laughs> 